to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Uh, I am your host, Phil Hunt. Uh, On this week's episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Ibrahim Khalif, per usual. Uh, Before we get into the episode, as usual, I like to do a little prelude, a little intro and whatnot. I just sit here and rattle some shit off my brain for about 20, 30 minutes. If y'all can bear with me. Uh, I don't know. Feeling good. Feeling like New York is back alive. I somehow last night I wound up with four shows, so I'm a little tired. But it was good to have four shows in one night. It felt like that hadn't happened for me in a while. You know, I'd had two shows, maybe even three shows, but there was you know a point of time, probably like two years ago, where four shows was pretty common, especially like on a weekend. But yeah, I had, uh, what did I have? The Comedy Shop, which w- formerly the Village Lantern, the Comedy Shop, uh, a.k.a. the Bronx River Yacht Club, which is hilarious because, you know, before the pandemic, it was known to us as the Village Lantern. They, of course, remodeled it, and uh, we were down in the basement you know, four or five years ago or so, if you went to the Village Lantern, it was a a very dark basement in the village. And I mean, some good shows and, you know, a lot of the young up and coming comedians are there, you know, kind of trying to learn the craft. So yeah, we come out of the pandemic and all of a sudden the Village Lantern has been rebranded as the Bronx River Yacht Club. And you go, wait a minute, we're at the bottom of Manhattan in the village. So ain't no Bronx. I don't see no river. And certainly ain't no yachts. <laughs> Maybe a little club here, but no Bronx, no river, no yachts. What's going on here? But nah, shouts out to them. It was actually a good show at the comedy shop there. And then swung over to uh, New York Comedy Club, the East 4th location. So that was fun. Big crowd. Uh, then Grizzly Pear, uh, shouts out to Kenny Warren and all the good people over there. And then we ended in Brooklyn at, uh, what old man hustle that is now known as the Brooklyn comedy club officially. So yeah, four good ones last night. Like I said, I was actually physically tired from doing comedy, but when I got home, I said, Hey, that felt like old times, you know? Pre-COVID times, it's weird. It feels like we survived a war, like we survived the apocalypse, baby. I don't know. Anyway, what did I want to talk to you guys about? Uh, sports is heating up. That's this is my favorite time of the year. You know, you got basketball and football. You know, going basketball just picking up some steam, and football is really starting to get to the thick of it here some of the storylines are getting interesting like uh last week cam newton came back cam newton came back and got signed by the panthers and i mean i woke up feeling like it was groundhog's day of like you know most of the black the black community or the black sports community had been kind of sitting back and watching some uh 
some lesser backup quarterbacks, career backup quarterbacks be starters in certain places. So you were like, you know, this guy, Cam Newton, who won a Super Bowl. Well, he didn't win a Super Bowl, got to a Super Bowl. And as a former MVP, it's just not on any team. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, last week I woke up and, yeah, he was re-signed by the Panthers and felt like Groundhog's Day and uh, immediately comes out and only played a few downs but scored two touchdowns. You know, they were using him in a lot of, uh, what is what is the word I want to say, just uh, as an option in like some Wildcat style plays. And the other guy was starting. Uh, he's a He's a black quarterback, but he I can't think of his name right now. He's not very well known. And he was starting because Sam Darnold got hurt, which Darnold was looking better. It looked like just get off of the Jets and you'll be all right. You'll have some sort of a career because God bless you stay on the Jets. You already know. As I often say, if ever there was a plane that should be ran into a building, it's the New York Jet. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, Cam looked good. He scored those two touchdowns real quick and got the win for them last week. And, I mean, they just looked re-inspired, you know. And I think he signed somewhat of a long-term deal there. So, you know, it feels like he never should have left. And, I, you know, me, I'm a fan of players staying in one place. I, I was just telling somebody the other day how, You know, people make such a big deal about LeBron leaving and LeBron being from Cleveland or as he told us as he was leaving. Motherfucker, I'm from Akron, (laughs) not Cleveland, which to the rest of the world, to people in Ohio, that may make a difference. But to the rest of the world, it was laughable of like, bro, it's one exit away from Cleveland. It's a six minute drive, bro. Same place. Anyway, yeah, people that make a big deal about LeBron leaving Cleveland, but no one brings up, you know, how Chicago treated Derrick Rose once he got hurt. You know, he was the hometown kid, MVP, youngest MVP ever, and they just shipped him the fuck off and no one cared. And I mean, he's in New York now, which is, I think, yeah, that was where he was traded initially traded to so it's just like whatever man so but cam yeah cam should have never left north carolina never left the panthers it's not like they were ever that good before i think you had the jake dell home years when i was like a kid jake dell home was heavy and i think they did make a super bowl like probably yeah while i was in high school i think they got smacked by the patriots at some point but yeah, it's like the Panthers weren't ever a big deal and Cam made them as big as they could be. So whatever. Good to see him back. And, you know, he's excited. He's smiling. He's wearing big hats. <laughs> Somebody had a picture of him and uh, the kid that plays for the Hornets in Charlotte to uh, LaMelo. And they said, boy, they about to give they dress like they about to give Batman all types of problems. <laughs> <laughs> and you like, yeah, these motherfuckers do both look like bad men if you do not do what I say by midnight. <laughs> but uh yeah, Cam's back in back in uh North Carolina where he belongs. He played last night as well. Um they played uh Washington Redskins and he played pretty well and they wound up losing by I think like three. 
which is interesting because he played against Ron Rivera, his old coach. The Patriots are heating up. I'm starting to see some critics be on their nuts. People really like their defense, so they're interesting, which, you know, the rookie quarterback replaced Cam, which you, you, eh, I, don't, I, I don't know if he made the right decision, but it looks like both of them are succeeding. And uh, who else? Uh, the Cowboys obviously look good. They got that that, that kid on defense, and, I mean, he's – he might be one of the best defensive players when it's all said and done. He he reminds me of Ed Reed. Uh, what is his name? And he's got like seven interceptions within like six games or something crazy like that. The kid is really good. Uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name right now. The rookie. And, and he's a rookie. And I mean, he's really really out there making a difference what is the fuck is his name but anyway they they actually took a loss yesterday to the chiefs which the chiefs just ran off two in a row because everybody was starting to look at Mahomes like up oh, slump like what's going on with the chiefs and it's like eh, it's a long season man they went down they lost some close ones but they look like they're picking back up Look like they're picking back up steam. Uh, I think it's, is it Ware or Makai Parsons for the Cowboys? Let me see here. Like I said, I think he's a safety, but like I said, he's in that Ed Reed, Deion Sanders class. Trayvon Diggs, that's his name. Lead the Cowboys in interceptions. Uh, yeah. Trayvon Diggs, that's his name. League lead. Yeah, man. You, he's one of those Revis Island type characters. You don't really even want to throw on his side of the field. So, Cowboys defense is looking good. Good to see Dak back playing and healthy. Uh, my Colts are. My Colts are interesting. Back back home in Indy, my Colts are looking interesting. Uh, they've won, I think, the last two. And, I mean, we got uh, – we picked up Philadelphia's trash in Carson Wentz and trying to make a treasure out of a trash because, you know, they parted ways with him, which I, I never thought they should have got rid of an uh, old boy that won the Super Bowl for them. What the hell was his name? Nick Foles. And sometimes it just looks like, you know, when a quarterback isn't that dynamic, like if you're not Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, somebody like that, or like, you know, you look like you're replaceable. It's like, ah, you you don't really do anything special. You kind of are a placeholder, you know. So I think they held on to Wentz in this, with this idea of that he was special. But it's like Nick Foles just proved to you you can really almost plug anybody into that, you know, into that uh system and win. You know, the defense was good that year. They wound up beating the Patriots. A lot of Giants are a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of um New York fans were upset because they wanted to be the only ones to beat um to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots back then. That was kind of the their uh, bragging right, you know, was, well, Patriots never beat us in the Super Bowl. And 
if you remember the undefeated season, the season they got Randy Moss, which was just unreal. I mean, all the records were broken. And, you know, the Patriots beat him. Fucking Tyree catches some shit with his helmet. Oh, and that's what I should say. Uh, we actually missed a week with the podcast. So we recorded we recorded this episode. We recorded this episode two weeks ago on a Saturday. So we talked a little, me and Ibrahim, about what did we talk about? Uh, a little about relationships because he was talking about trying to get that second wife. And uh, we talked about the astro world tragedy. Uh, and we talked about Kyle Rittenhouse. And at the time, you know, the verdict had not been decided. So some of what you guys are going to hear is very much us kind of going back and forth about what we think the verdict would be. But obviously it's a week later and. I was very busy. Like I said, I had four shows last night, um, getting back to working a little bit here. So there's that. And, uh, oh, I did a podcast last week and, uh, did a podcast last week, a good one. Uh, let's see here, guys. Let's see here, guys. It is called unapologetic with, um, Will Posnan with shouts out to Will Posnan. It's actually my homie, Nico White's friend you know and he does a hoops podcast and I sat on there and talked a little bit of hoops with a WNBA player her name is Kaya Stokes she plays for the Aces the Las Vegas Aces and uh also uh a um NBA guy for the Magic he's uh Kyle Mulder so I was on there talking a little hoops with them and you know obviously I had to tread lightly because you got Two real hoopers, you know, two professionals, you know, in Kaya Stokes being in the WNBA and uh, Kyle Mulder or whatever. And yeah, the old, old girl's kind of cute, too. I'm like, hey, now post me up anytime. But uh, yeah, shouts out to uh, Will Posner. And then go check out the podcast. It's fun. If you like hearing me ramble about sports and take some interesting angles uh to say the least to say the least which last night a uh, big altercation in the NBA went down LeBron made his return to the court the Lakers have kind of been struggling everybody was waiting on him to return because you know he's the big eraser he'll clean up all your mistakes uh so he returned and wound up getting into it with Isaiah Stewart from the Pistons which as an Indiana fan, I got to say I had a slight flashback because I saw a Detroit player trying to fight. And it was like, oh, shit, malice at the palace round two. But no, uh, there was a free throw being shot. And for some reason, Isaiah Stewart decides to like jam his uh, elbow underneath LeBron's chin. And LeBron gave him one of them. Uh, you reach, I teach joints. And yeah, bam. The boy's eye was bleeding like crazy. Like it looked way worse than it was when you actually saw the blow. I don't know. Isaiah might be a bleeder. <laughs> so, yeah, the boy was mad. And I mean, rightfully so. I'm sure LeBron sent him a check and said, hey, pop, sorry about that. You know, shit happens in the heat of the moment. But there's also a level of like, you know, LeBron's the GOAT. 
for this generation, you know, a GOAT, greatest of all time, if you will, you know, that is an acronym, which <laughs> LL Cool J started that shit. Nobody ever mentions him as a GOAT. Well, I guess you got to talk to somebody around 40 or above and they'll be like, nah, LL too, man. And they remember the I'm bad years. But to me, he's just the guy who throws R&B singers on hooks. What's the joint with him and Amory and all that shit back in the day? Oh, the joint with, uh, who was it? Hey, Lover? That was with Boys to Men, wasn't it? So, yeah, to me, he's that guy. Like, shirt off, licking the lips. And, I mean, he does invent the rap love song, which they got to fucking, they got to, um, they got to get him to do a versus with somebody. I think that'd be major. Bring all the aunties out and see Uncle L lick his lips. Jamie Foxx might run out with a chair and hit him with it during the middle of his set. Uh, sometimes I have to explain jokes because my brain moves kind of fast. That was a reference to uh, LL and Jamie Foxx, who, who were both in the movie Any Given Sunday back in the day. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they had it out and Jamie Foxx did some jokes about... LL on his special about how how seriously LL took himself and he's like dude I can't be scared of you you lick your damn lips too much <laughs> think he got under his skin a little but anyway what was I saying I don't even know how I got on oh because I was talking about goats and how LL named his album goat greatest of all time and now we just regularly use that as an acronym and nobody even brings him up anyway Isaiah was fucking with a goat, and it's like, dog, that is the league, that is the entire franchise, and I mean, Jordan used to getting some dust-ups, which I actually laugh a little, because Indiana, Reggie Miller, one of my favorite players, probably the greatest pacer of all time, right there with Jermaine O'Neal for a short period of time, and Jalen Rose for me, personally, you know, nothing else, Jalen's there, known now for being the nigga with the sharp hairline that's 50. Anyway, that nigga gets shaped up with a protractor. <laughs> These are 75 degree angles. And if you get it to 76, he is going to fire you. Anyway, yeah, so Reggie got into it with both MJ and Kobe. So there's that, which RIP Kobe, but Chris Childs was somewhere smiling. Like, <laughs> you know what, motherfucker? Finally got my revenge on you. And sometimes you can just get too close to a player. Because even going back to that Kobe one, I think, you know, Kobe was just going over to get into Chris Child's face. And Chris Child's threw them hands on him real quick. Wop, wop. And before you know it, Kobe had got two-pieced. And we as kids had to deal with the fact that our hero just got bopped in two-piece real quick. And it was everywhere. And was like, yeah, you walked over there with your hands down to get into a man's face. And that's the thing. And I mean, it's the, just the place for it because it's the Tough Talk podcast stuff. You know, when you get in somebody's face or approach somebody, you don't they don't really have any idea what you're approaching them for and like what level you're about to take it to. And that's why, like I said, I'm, I'm watching these highlights of LeBron hitting the boy, but I'm going you know, you was doing a lot. And then, you know, once y'all separated, you you walked up on him. You was the aggressor. And, you know, last year, LeBron got hurt by uh, Solomon Hill. And I mean, it wasn't a um, 
Solomon Hill rolled his ankle on, on some hustle man type shit. And it was just like, yo, you can't just be approaching people, dog. And, 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 and when you really go back and look at the play, you like, man, you know, you could have did the hustle man play with on anybody not named LeBron and it would have been OK. But it's like you really just cost the Lakers any championship aspirations that they had right there because you wanted to do the hustle man shit on a loose ball possession i think it might have even been an out of bounds play which i'll give solomon hill this credit at least it was a basketball play but that's what i'm saying with this dude you know the free throw was going in it went in so it was a level of like what are you even boxing out this hard for this is personal you got your elbow all under the king's chin nigga relax (laughs) So it's just like, yeah, and everybody looking like, is the boy going to get heavily? He already got heavily fined. I think they said 975000 and it's like somebody said, nigga, that's his whole salary. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure whatever his rookie salary is, LeBron's a good dude, and he'll, he'll probably cut the boy a check and tell him ain't nothing personal, man. It just, it had to happen. You was approaching me after, and you know, let's keep it a buck. We all know there are uh, stereotypes for basketball players. And it's like, you know, Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons, he's dark skinned and got the dread. So, you know, that's a hard working, no nonsense, aggressive player. You know him. Remember uh, a couple summers ago, Montrez Harrell had a. Got into it with Luka Doncic and called him a bitch-ass white boy. And Montrez is dark-skinned with the dreads. There's Damari Carroll. And he's dark-skinned with the dreads. And then there's, um, what is my man name? Shit, it's slipping my mind now. But same profile, dark-skinned with dreads. Kenneth Reed. They always kind of get stereotyped as hard workers. And you see a nigga on the court with some dreads. And you're like, I know this nigga can rebound. That's that's one thing I already know. I know this nigga can rebound. <laughs> I know he works hard. I know he really tries on defense. Whereas when you see a light-skinned nigga, you're like, man, I know this nigga is a finesse player. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. You know, just inconsistent and moody. Ben Simmons somewhere getting counseling. Talking about, you know, my mental health ain't right. It's like, get your bitch ass out here and play. But anyway, yeah, there are. And, you know, every white boy can shoot. That that was a given back in the day. But, yeah. So, as they stood, they got into it. And, like I said, it's interesting because, you can, like somebody said, everybody's ignoring the fact that the Lakers actually won the game. And they had been losing. I think they probably won or lost, like, two of the last three without LeBron. So, People kind of in a panic, but it's like, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that was the fire they needed to. Maybe they needed that fight to reignite some of the hunger and some of the tenacity. So we're going to see here what the suspensions look like, although I know LeBron probably isn't going to be suspended because, uh, yeah, <laughs> the league kind of needs him. But yeah. Love the boy for the boy forgot he might be a center, but it's like LeBron just as big as you. It looked like LeBron. I th- was looking at a highlight. It looked like LeBron was eye to eye with the boy. So it's like, yeah, I ain't no small dude. Play them games with you know Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, but don't play them games with me. 
like I'm just as big as you are or play them games with a small forward, an actual one. I just play it. I'm not small at all. Anyway, where was I? Oh, I think the uh, Raiders lost yesterday, which is interesting because <laughs> starting to look like they needed that. Uh, You know, they fired John Gruden for racist emails and, you know, homosogyny, we'll call it the trifecta there. But it's looking like they needed it because they lost. <laughs> they lost to uh, who did they lose to. Oh, they lost last week. They had a bye week this week, but they lost last week to. Who did they lose to? Oh, they lost to the Bengals, and it's, and they haven't won since they fired John Gruden. So it looked like they needed the homosogyny to win. So <laughs> sprinkle a little homosogyny on that playbook, baby, and get back to it. A little homosogyny's good in the NFL. Help you help you get them wins. Okay, well, I'm wrapping it up here because we're headed towards 30 minutes for the uh, intro here. Um, what do I want to talk about real quick? Well, two things. We'll get to Kyle Rittenhouse later. I've been watching the show BMF because I told you I'm very into uh, 50s Marvel Universe of uh, crack dealing shows, which I, I feel guilty about because I'm like, ah, we can find a new subject. But there is this thing in art of stick to what you know. And 50 knows crime in the drug dealing world. And, and, and I mean, he's fucking making the most of it. But uh, if you've been keeping up with the BMF TV show, which, you know, BMF stands for Black Mafia Family. If you have, have aren't familiar, you know, obviously the character of Big Meech, who I think Meech is still locked up. But I think the brother Terry got out, I think they said last summer. And I mean, when I was younger, you know, young Jeezy and different people always... Talked about Big Meech and obviously Rick Ross, you know, had the song. I think I'm Big Meech, Larry Hoover, which is interesting because if you watch Drink Champs, Kanye was on Drink Champs and had Larry Hoover's son on. And he asked him, uh, Nori asked him how he felt about the song. And he was like, listen, uh, song's cool. It was cool getting a shout out for my father, but he was like real talk. My father's facing, you know, a double life sentence and I'm trying to get that commuted. And you got this song where you saying Larry Hoover whip and work. Hallelujah. And it's like, that's not the image we need out there. <laughs> so you had to respect that a little bit. I even laughed. I made the joke earlier that, you know, everybody knows the theme song to 50s BMF show should be Rick Ross's song entitled BMF. But them niggas had beef and you know Rick Ross and like 50 was taking his baby's mama shopping it's one of the oddest beefs ever because I know a lot of niggas go I wish the guys I beef with and my enemies would take my baby's mama shopping which now nah, is actually some evil shit it's insidious of like this motherfucker's giving money to my family this motherfucker really hates me which I mean hey Strange beef, but you go, yeah, I wish 50 to put that aside, too, for the intro to BMF. But it's been, it's been an interesting show, to say the least. Um, you know, set in Detroit, which, you know, it's a place that not a lot of shows are shot, you know. So that's interesting. A little different than 
50s other three shows that are on stars what power power book two which is raising canaan and then uh ghosts so all three are set in new york city this one's set in detroit you know i mean obviously it's he can't make up a whole lot there because it's um fictional you know whereas bmf is kind of based on real life events but uh yeah it's interesting and i was telling somebody that the boy the character you know lamar is not a um he's not a um main character lamar um who is it? What is this guy's name? Because he's actually foreign, which I laughed because a couple summers ago I had a post where I said, yo, somewhere in South in the South London, you know, somewhere in South London, a somewhere in South London that a um a British black dude is preparing for his life changing role as Big Meech. And <laughs> I was a little wrong because obviously they let. Meech's son, actually, in real life, Big Meech's son is playing Big Meech in the TV show. And I mean, he looks like him and he also looks very much like Derrick Rose. And it's kind of strange. But uh, yeah, this this guy's name is Eric Kofi Abrefa. I, I hope I'm saying that right. But anyway, the character of Lamar, he went viral a couple weeks ago. He was singing uh you can't stop the rain as he killed somebody. And it kind of sparked this little hood challenge online of, you know, different people trying to cut a little viral video of themselves with the do-rag on, just like, like the character Lamar singing, you can't stop the rain as he killed somebody, which I, I hate that, you know, he picked that song because now every time I hear that song, I'm going to also think about him murdering old boy and you're like, damn, I mean, listen, as a comedian who has just started taking acting classes and trying to break into that world, the actor has really stolen the scene. And I, I'm, look, I'm looking forward and I know we hate on the British brothers a lot, but nobody plays an American drug lord like British dudes, man. <laughs> we just going to have to accept it. Idris Elba, the other Idris from Snowfall, this guy, but yeah, he really stole this scene, and uh, I was watching the new episode this morning, episode eight, I believe it is, and spoiler alert, they killed Lamar, and you go, man, at this point, we were really, you know, he was the character we loved to hate, and we were kind of looking forward to seeing what he does next, so I guess they're going to wind down episode nine and ten for this first season, and it's interesting because it's like, well, where does this show go now? The whole time he's been the villain. Because I ain't going to hold you. Him killing Lamar kind of felt like. I guess it felt like, you know, probably how it felt when LeBron finally beat. Uh, the Boston Celtics, you know, because they kind of ran him off from Cleveland. You know, he was in Cleveland solo taking on the Celtics and losing and the Celtics were playing Kobe in the finals. And then he went down to Miami and the boy LeBron became a man and got a little hair on his chest. And I think he even gave Boston 40 when he sent him home. And I think he gave, I thought LeBron had definitely had a 60 point game against the Celtics. And it felt like, well, boy, all grown up, what you going to do now? But yeah, Meech, 
meet Shot Lamar, finally got him one-on-one and, and popped him. And you like, oh, man, I don't know where this show is going to go now. And I know 50 because 50 is, 50 will make a spinoff of any damn thing because he done spun off power in the two shows and, and got a third one coming, you know, power, the book of Tommy. And you go, man, this shit is crazy. Like, where does it end? And not just 50, obviously. 50's the face of, but we should mention uh, Courtney Kemp, who is the actual writer of Power. And, you know, 50's just kind of the front man or the, you know, person who sold it, or had the name big enough to get it greenlit and on screen. And I mean, Courtney Kemp, which I, you know, I feel like all these people are extended family because I work with Avery Mason on another podcast that you guys should check out if you haven't been. It's entitled but i don't know though that is me and avery mason's project he's another comedian here in new york we've done sketches we've done uh, all sorts of things anyway he's a um actor as well and i mean obviously has way more experience than me but he was fortunate enough to be on the show power for i think three seasons and played the character of black Grimm. He is also in The Punisher and Luke Cage. Good friend of mine, man. Uh, good vibes. I love the dude. He's a big homie. Anyway, he's been beat up on every TV show, on every network, uh, stabbed. You know, you got to earn the right to die. You got to practice your dying face. But yeah, man, Courtney Kemp, 50, they're keeping that universe of power going. And like I said earlier, sometimes you go, ah, well, you know, uh, I don't want the narrative or the stereotype of black people dealing drugs, but then you go, they also do tell you to write what you know, and 50 is writing what the fuck he knows. And, uh, so yeah, you can't really judge him. Mean, he's even got the ABC, that, look at my fucking, I'm slurring my words, the ABC show, um, what is it called? The ABC show is called For Life which everyone forgets that exists about the lawyer or the black guy who learned the law and then, or no, he got arrested and I think given like 30 years while inside kind of became a lawyer and freed his damn self. So 50's got some stories, man. Like I, I was joking a couple weeks ago about, you know, him following Alpo's casket to the morgue and signing over a release for his life story <laughs> in his dying breath. But it wouldn't surprise me, man. Like 50's gone. He's going to get his fifth infinity stone if he ever makes the life story of uh, Supreme. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Anyway, let me move along. Uh, get this intro over about another five minutes here. So... Speaking of uh, people who defended themselves and uh, got out of prison situations, we'll, we'll address Kyle Rittenhouse real quick. Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, I, he, he, he didn't get convicted, everybody. Uh, he got off trial. And um, for me, I'll just say I don't like the narratives, you know. We all kind of had the feeling when the jury kept deliberating of like, wait, what they keep deliberating for? This don't seem like a very hard case. Man goes to another state with a gun that ain't even his and kills two people and shot a third person. The per third person didn't die. And you need to think about that, which that should tell you, you know, the court system is 
And it always has been really fucked up. And I mean, you know, when you saw the jury kept deliberating, it's like, well, day one, day two and day three, you know, that I think they went three days beyond when they were supposed to reach a verdict. So you go, okay. then you see the barricades and different stuff because they're looking forward to protests. And you go, oh, yeah, I see what y'all on, man. I see what y'all on. Anyway. Yeah, motherfucker got off, man. Not guilty. After that bad cry and everything that he did in court. <laughs> ah, that was a bad cry. It's like, nigga, I don't know. Watch some tapes of Van Jones crying or something. But, boy, that was a bad cry. So, Kyle Rittenhouse is looking forward to a bright future as an NRA spokesman, I'm pretty sure. And, uh... You know, he's the new Bernie Gatch. You may remember the subway killer back in the 80s. I think it was maybe a year before I was born. It's actually a good documentary on Netflix of about the subway killer, Bernie Gatch. And, you know, got on the train basically with a gun. He had gotten robbed in New York. You know, obviously it was a little crazy in the 80s. And basically bought a gun and went on the train looking for revenge was approached by some kids and shot like four of them i think maybe one of them died and the other one was paralyzed and avoided jail time i think they might have gave him six months for having a gun in new york and if you know anything about the gun laws you know you're not allowed to have a gun in new york uh we bring up plaxico burris often on this podcast that shot his damn self and went to jail <laughs> so when you hear Kyle Rittenhouse shot two people and just with an assault rifle that you go you know how crazy like when I was 16 I was just trying to finger girls like that was the whole thing was take a girl to the movies and try to dodge the person with the little uh green flashlight thing so yeah you see this dude and you go what type of 16 year old are you that you you cared enough to and you know Obviously, he joked, you know, I, I, I came there as a medic and you go, what medic has an assault rifle? What the hell are you even talking? About? <laughs> but you see, he got off. So you see, he didn't have to have nothing. And I, I'm just glad uh, Khalif Browder wasn't alive to see such a thing. You know, we think about Khalif Browder going to jail for a backpack that you just go. You know, not even a backpack that he actually stole, but someone just pointing at him and saying him. And then that kid losing three years of his life at 16, 17 to Rikers Island and then coming out and committing suicide. And I mean, two different Americas, two different justice systems. So, yeah, this boy, you know, went to the streets with a fucking assault rifle. And now, now, now here's the thing. I, I certainly wouldn't follow anybody or chase anybody that has an assault rifle. That's a dumb thing to do. So these people that did that were a little dumb or a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, overzealous or like crazy. But then you go, you can't, you can't expect to walk out into the street with an assault rifle and, and that people don't react to that. It's weird. Like, and not that it's weird, but it's like, you know, if, if I walk out into the streets here in New York and see somebody holding a knife. I'm going to be like, hi, OJ. Nice to meet you. Anyway, <laughs> let me quit fucking joking. Um, no, but I would see that person with the knife and kind of react to that. You know, you, we as people, what, fight or flight? 
we have that instinct. So seeing a motherfucker standing in the street holding an assault rifle, and mind you, the juxtaposition of the young baby face that he has, as opposed to him holding an assault rifle, whereas, you know, if I walk out into the street and it's like a withered old man holding a gun, you might say, well, maybe this motherfucker is the FBI. Maybe he's the CIA. Maybe there's a reason he has this gun, you know? Is there something going on I don't know about? But when you look and you see like a baby holding an AR-15, you're going, Wait, what the fuck? Hey, man, who who sent you? Where, where you from, homie? Like, what you got going on? You know, everybody else had signs and it's just like, yeah, you know, I've, I've done the joke a few times on here, but the bad narratives get on my nerves. You know, a lot of black people took the, what this trial got to do with us? What does it got to do with black people? It, it's fucking showing you how the justice system works for people who aren't black. That's what the fuck is showing you. You know, this motherfucker is basically Brock Turner with an AR-15 and, and got nothing. Not even for possession of a weapon. Nothing. And I think he'd already spent like a couple months in juvie. But, you know, when you've killed two people, that's actually nothing. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's the bad narratives. And you just go, look, man, you, you, I get it. He didn't kill white people, but he did go there basically looking to, you know, get at the looters and the whoever else's and have fed into these bad narratives, you know, about the protest. And he went there looking for black people. It's like, let's be real. But when you go to Wisconsin looking for black people, you gonna mostly find white people. <laughs> and you're gonna have to settle for a white person with a tan. And that's what happened. And I know people are bringing up the old boy because he's got like a pedophile charge on his record that he killed. And, you know, I'm not really here to defend him, but I'm just saying, you know, people shouldn't be able to go into the streets with an AR-15. I don't give a fuck what's going on. Especially in a state that you don't live in. Talking about you there to protect property. That's just like, dog. Why is that a thought that even crosses your mind? And then to use self-defense. To use self-defense. You know, when you went into the streets with an AR-15. And act like people aren't supposed to react to the fact that you have an AR-15. Anyway, I hope they, I wished they sentenced that little motherfucker to two years of front row at Astro World. Anyway, <laughs> I'm on here cutting up. Let me get the fuck off here with my jokes and shit. Uh, check out the podcast, folks. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rate the podcast. I don't do this shit for free, man. And I'd appreciate each and every one of y'all listening from the bottom of my fucking heart. But trust me, it means nothing if you don't rate share and review the podcast so please rate share some like subscribe all that stuff man and um like i said on this episode me and ibrahim i'm joined by ibrahim and uh we discuss the usual give you a weekly or bi-weekly dose of misogyny as he talks about his wife uh his second wife and his quest for that which you know, it's legal in his in his religion and whatnot. And we talk a little bit about comedy, life and some other things. And uh, 
Kyle Rittenhouse Astro World. We talked a few things uh, on this one. So, like I said, check it out. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Rate, review, like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Yo. Hello? Hey, what's up? Chilling, man. I'm actually, I'm actually just leaving the gym right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said you was getting back to your, to your healthy habits. Yeah, after like two weeks of being a uh, fat piece of shit, eating whatever, I, whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah, yeah, man, that's always my issue is, you know, I can go to the gym pretty much every other day, but, man, I'm not disciplined at all for the eating. Well, me, for me, I, I don't know. I probably get this from my moms or whatever, but I'm an emotional eater. So if I'm going through something or whatever, I would, like, that's the one of the most unmanly parts of me, man, is that, like, because I don't, that's the downside to being sober. Like, or never, or, or somebody who never drank, because when I get down and shit, or if I feel down, I eat. I don't fucking drink. So it don't even look cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas gotcha. be having, like, a, a gin and tonic, or <laughs> they get fucked up on, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you call it? Any fucking drink. You can tell I don't drink. Right, right. But <clears throat> some whiskey, uh, they got a flask. It looks cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Me, you just find me fucking all emotional with Nutter Butters or some shit. <laughs> That's hilarious, especially for you because you're such a man. Crumbs on, crumbs on my chest and a hoodie like I just got broken up by my, by a boyfriend in high school. Like a, got you. Yeah. You got the pint of ice cream in the lap. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm the you know you know how men like make fun of women like oh you, you just probably sitting on the couch eating bonbons or or eating Haagen Dazs all these feelings. Yeah. Like nigga, that's no, that's me. That that's me. I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely feel like you got to compensate a little for not drinking. Yeah, like, you got to compensate. <laughs> Whereas, like you're saying, I just knock back some whiskey or do some shots. I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That shit is bad for you, so. <clears throat> Even on that tip, I had a, uh, I be thinking about my uncle. So my uncle was always on dialysis. So I'm like, yo, I need to cut back some because, you know, hanging out. Last night, I was up to like four in the morning, so fucking tired. I literally just rolled out of bed like, oh, shit, it's 12? Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, my sister. She's visiting right now. She's at my house. Oh, I okay, word. I forgot about that. Huh? I said word. Yeah, she, her and her husband just got there. Oh, okay. You got to entertain them. I just been... Yeah, you was uh you was at the part of the New York Comedy Festival, right? You was uh, yeah. opening for Nico. Yeah, Nico did a big show last night, and it was all of us. So the whole team was me, Alex, Andre, who else? Eagle, all yeah. of us. So yeah, it was dope. And then they had two chicks close too. Two, one of them was from Jersey, Holly Lynn, I think is her name or something. And uh, another. Mooney, I, I, I never met her before. Oh, Mooney, the like, uh, uh, lesbian girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mooney, I did a, um, I did the Kenan Thompson, uh, Kenan Thompson comedy experience with her. She's funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. So she's funny. She was on last episode. Well, she was on all black lineup, and then one of the funny things was I remember a few years ago, this Booker out of town. Where was he in? Like Pennsylvania. I think he booked yeah. the casino, and we did that. And uh, 
It was me, Mikey Mays, and Nico, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if you just take our names, those almost sound like some very white names. Right, so right, then right. he sent him the flyer. The dude goes, yo, where's the diversity? And it was like, yo, you know, we're three different people. And y'all don't say that shit when it's just some white dudes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> why, why we all can't be on the same show? That's their way of flipping our shit back on us. Because when we go about diversity, we're like, yo, ain't no black people on this lineup. When they right. talk about, so all they doing is just all lives mattering motherfuckers. Right. But it ain't even flipping it back because you go, you know, like I'm saying, you go, I see three white dudes plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I, get <laughs> you what, know? I get what you're or, saying, but I get right. why I, I get why they're doing it. They, it, it, it does, just like all lives matter don't make sense. His response don't make sense either. Well, I think it's <laughs> right. I think it's funny because it's like, you know, they'll always get in the benefit of that. Oh, well, they're just all so different. And it's like, okay, so we can't be all so different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just funny sometimes you within comedy when you pitch a lineup and people are like, get kind of funny. Because even when it's, you know, three white dudes and a white girl, you're like, it's still not really diversity. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, it all depends on where you at. It's like if you got a show at a bowling alley in Nebraska, yeah, it's going to be super white. And even with demographics, you know, uh, this week everybody was talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, everybody keep wanting to go to, well, how can he be a white supremacist if he shot two white people? And it's like, because he went to Wisconsin looking for niggas like <laughs> that's how it ain't a whole lot of niggas in Wisconsin but just the narrative behind him is interesting because it's like it, you know it, that summer was so hard to explain mm-hmm. because it's just like that last summer was wild I don't know if it's because it was an election year or if that was really Antifa or what but it was just like like if you explained it to people in retrospect of like, okay, we had a we had a lockdown, we were in quarantine. Oh, but we were protesting. Yeah, we was protesting. Uh this dude, Jacob Blake, got shot in the back. Uh he got paralyzed by a cop. He wound up surviving. And then it's like, oh, so y'all protested even though he survives. And you're like, Wisconsin was on fire. You know what I mean? Then this kid basically gets dropped off in the middle of the protest and has a fucking like assault rifle or whatever the fuck he had on shoulder. Mm. It just is such a hard thing because people would be like, wait, what? So he wasn't even from Wisconsin? Like, nah, he was from Illinois. (laughs) I would just, I would, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Like, I would say this last, this last six to eight years. Have it, that's gonna be. I, I feel bad for any kid that got to take U.S. history going forward. Cause that's gonna be a long fucking class. Like it's gonna be so much to. And it, what's, what's gonna be crazy is that there won't be any def, definite or finite truth because of the way they spin everything now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How they how you know, growing up, you had an idea of kind of what U.S. history was or American history was. Right. And then it took a, and then it took for you 
it, it's like you progressively <clears throat> got to understand that what you were taught as a young kid was a lie. So it became a lot more palatable because as you grew, the truth grew with you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like now the way shit is, it, the truth and the lies exist in the same time frame. So nobody knows which way is up. Whereas it's like, all right, you told me, a, like when we were growing up, all right, you told me a lie in the beginning. And as I got older, I was able to accept that, all right, what you told me was a lie. It's almost like your mom telling you, yo, that's your uncle, but then come to find out, or your cousin, and come to find out that's actually your real daddy. And you're like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> you didn't find out that he's your uncle or your daddy at the same time. <laughs> or her telling you that that's your uncle, and then you become 12 and start recognizing that smell in the room when you leave. Me being from Newark, we had um, 
what's my man name? Oh man, we now we had a big seven foot scary motherfucker walking around North. He was a former NBA player who kind of uh, he had like had a mental. Uh, he had something happen to him mentally. Oh. So man. yo, he was a gigantic, scary motherfucker. But he was like, he he was still kind of like a sweet guy. But he would have like these manic episodes, and he'd just be like walking around without a shirt. And oh. Just okay. I forgot my man's name. He used to. Oh man, what's his name, man. yo? Huh? Kind of sad, man. Damn. Yo, word, because I think the story goes that somebody slipped them something. You know, like motherfuckers, oh, wow. slipped motherfuckers yeah, mickeys yeah. back in the day. That's they, so interesting because yeah, you don't even hear about that no more. Mickey. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you don't hear. Yeah, you don't hear about that shit no more. Like, that what, used to what, be what a, was the official name for Mickey's? <laughs> that LSD. It could be. It could be. Uh, LSD. What was the? Uh, what was the other one? Shit. Uh, well, yeah, LSD. When we was coming up, it was ecstasy. You had that too? Because they used to call it getting wet, right? Yeah. Angel that Dust. Was, Angel Dust. More, yeah, that's what that was, PCP, Angel Dust. Angel Dust. That's what they used to give people. They used to give people Angel Dust back in the day. And motherfuckers used to lose their minds. Yeah, I can never fuck with that. I still remember, uh, you remember the group Brother Lynch Hunger? Do I remember who? The rap group Brother Lynch Hunger. Brotherly tongue, what? Hold on, let me swallow. <laughs> I'm eating. Oh, the nigga. Early. He said, hold up, let me swallow. Oh, the nigga. Oh. I salava like the two brothers. I was eating the bacon. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, the group, the rap group, Brother Lynch Hung. No, I ain't never heard no shit like that. Where they was from? like horrorcore rappers. And I still remember it was this weird black dude in my uh, class named Lee. Take my geometry class. Mm. So <laughs> I had a source magazine, and I remember he he um, he smoked some PCP, and then he ate the woman's stomach like she was pregnant. So what? like basically ate the fetus, and I mean he went to prison or whatever I think. But uh, yeah. What? He killed a woman, his pregnant girl, I think, and ate her fetus. So when I was like 14, so I, I never wanted to fucking PCP or smoke wet or angel dust or none of that shit because of that. But long story short, I brought in the magazine, the source, and I told, I still remember I told this girl, I want to say her name was Nikki, and she was one of them big girls, old school big girl, but she was loud, you know. She, she kind of controlled. Old school big girl. Come on, remember Baby D and Friday? She was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but Lady Ray's low key kind of cute, but she wasn't. No, Lady Ray's cute. You, when you say, look, when you say old school big girl, I'm thinking of the ones with the black diabetes patch on the back of their neck. Oh, you know, with man. the dirty ooh, black ooh, neck. Ooh, okay. Yeah, the, I remember some of them. And the powder, and the powder in the, in the, on the titties, the powder in the, in the, they <laughs> had the powder mark on their chest. She used to bite tickles and shit. You they, know. Her shoes is turned up at the toe. Them, mm-hmm. them old school fat bitches. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Girl, there, like I said, there I was still no, there was no body positivity then. It was that's a nah. fat bitch. That's <laughs> yeah, it was just like her her archetype was just bully, and it was just right, like right. And, and yeah. even some dudes got swept oh. up in her wave. You know what I mean? She was a yeah. big old girl, but anyway, Cut and I mean head. she was tall too, so that was big. But I remember just kind of showing her the magazine, and she like, they did what? And 
and he had, you know, back in the day, we didn't have like uh, stickers or nothing. He just had wrote on his um, backpack, Brother Lynch Hunk. So I want to say BLH. And that's what it stood for. So as I'm showing her, she like, boy, what type of weird shit you into? That cannibal rap bullshit. She was going off. <laughs> and it was just funny. You know what I mean? He was an awkward kid, so she was just clowning him. And, and, and uh-uh, Mr. Jefferson, he into that weird cannibal rap shit. I can't. I move seats. I don't want to be next to Daniel. I never even heard of that shit, bro. That brother Lynch Hunt never but, heard of that. Okay, so like, you know, like Hobson and all them, which Hobson is is probably the top of the tops, but then you get over there. I think they're from Kansas City and then uh Tech Nine and those yeah. weird niggas. So yeah. he was he was more on that type shit. But yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you see the rock rapping on one of Tech Nine's videos, yo? I did see the rock rapping, which you know that made me laugh because it brought back the memories of uh him and Whitecliff. Oh Remember? man, that was a horrible video. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> but it didn't have to be uh good. It was just we was geek because the rock was in it. Yeah. And I mean he's made a nice career path, hasn't he? He's not, he hasn't wrestled in like fifteen years. He <clears throat> he did exactly what a guy with all of his potential could do, he maximized it to the fullest. Yeah, man. You know what took, like, that you know how, like, a whole other direction. Like, like when I remember when I first saw The Rock, I grew up big, huge Rock fan. And, and mm-hmm. to a degree, I still am, right? When I saw him on TV, because I grew up a big wrestling fan, when I saw him for the first time, when by, by this time he was all, because I had stopped watching wrestling for a minute. Mm-hmm. By this time he was The Rock. When I saw him, I said, yo, he's going to be the biggest star. I, I told my boy, I was like, he's he going to be the biggest star because you could see all the potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he was somebody, pretty much acting and, I mean, was killing yeah. those promos and all that stuff. But but to have the look, the voice, the the skills, the everything, it's like there's a lot of people you see in, 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 any, in any profession, whether it's wrestling, football, basketball, you know, because we like sports, and you see somebody, you go, yo, if they got they shit together, they could be the biggest thing whatever industry that is has ever seen. Yeah. And and he's a guy that took all of his tools and everything and maximized them to the fullest. You go so to the point where you see that he's the highest grossing actor, even though he's not the greatest actor ever, he's literally the rock in every fucking movie. You go yeah, he plays himself too. So it's, he plays it's, himself. You're like, you know, yeah, that's where he belongs. Yeah. And that like, character. And I mean, he plays himself in the same way that Snoop Dogg plays himself, and really, yeah. 50, Fifty does in a lot of stuff too, except for that one movie that Fifty uh, lost all that weight for, and they was like, that was a great this, movie. "This nigga thought he was finna get an Oscar." That that was a great movie though. <laughs> Yo, that was a the good internet movie. is so mean. What is it called? What is that yeah, movie called? Things fall apart. Things, things fall, fall apart. apart. Okay, I yeah. No, nah, it's I, a decent film, but but it was just funny because he was. He was super skinny, and, and if, they said, man, he a, thought he was going to get the Oscar. If it had, but yo, to be honest with you, bro, had that had that movie been produced by a major studio, he might have. That was mm-hmm. an independent film. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't mean it can't be a good movie. Like I said, I I would struggle to say anything that I actually enjoy is is big by the critics. You know what I mean? So yeah. But just, the thing it, with the, going back to what you saying about The Rock and how he plays himself, half the time that nigga don't even change his wardrobe. 
Right, right. He, he literally wears the same clothes in almost every movie. Like, I saw the, the thing for Jungle Cruise. He damn near, is, with the exception of the hat and the goofy vest, he's pretty mm-hmm. much wearing, he's wearing cargo pants. And that, yeah. Well, they got to cut out of that nigga at uh, Applebee's. And I just laughed because I said, I know damn well the Rock ain't had no Applebee's in a long time. <laughs> you got professional chefs cooking this shit. Like, if he smell that that's what y'all cooking, he'll shut this whole shit down, that that's what y'all microwaving. You just had to go for that joke, didn't you? You, just, you <laughs> just couldn't, man. I got you couldn't go fucking help it. You couldn't I help got yourself. To go for it, baby. That's the whole you thing. You couldn't help yourself. We, we comedians, man. That's what we do. We got to, we got to reach for it. Reach for the Some, stars. Sometimes we shouldn't. <laughs> here, here your ass go. <laughs> Sometimes we shouldn't. Nigga, you just left that one alone. Love being both the critic and the comic. The, the, this, that was whatever. I mean, you know me. I have my fun, man. That's one thing about me. I, I don't um I don't allow myself to get into a place of like over critiquing. I'm like I, I'm well aware of what we do. So it's like certain shit that you see, like when you see people get mad at people, like okay, Fetty Wap got arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean that's your people's, that's Jersey. So that, that nigga Patterson, that's something totally different. <laughs> I, I love a, that. That's one of my favorite things about niggas is exactly what you just did right there. <laughs> niggas do something good, and everybody love them and claim niggas do something bad. Hey, actually, man, he from the West Side, not from the East. <laughs> yeah, but nah, even when that nigga pop, we I didn't claim him like, oh, that's Jersey, oh, Jersey stand up. I'm like, nah, that's. Hold, That's hold some on. other shit. That's right. Patterson. Remember when LeBron got ready to leave Cleveland and did that damn press conference? And they uh, something, something, how could you leave Cleveland? He said, first off, I'm not from Cleveland. I'm from Akron. <laughs> 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 and it's just like, hey, what just happened right there, brother? Yo, he, he keeping it real, though. He you keeping from it... 10 miles outside of Cleveland, for all intents and purposes, nigga, it's the same exit. Hey, but yo, but to keep it a buck, just like you just was talking about Milwaukee, right? And how Milwaukee, Milwaukee is known as one of the most divisive, most racist uh, cities in America. And they have portions where people go, nah, they from there. They, like, we're not from mainstream Milwaukee. We're from this part of Milwaukee because if you go to certain parts of Milwaukee, it's like you don't even live in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? It's a, right? Yeah, but, but it's Come on. funny. To me, because I feel like, okay, and I mean, this could be incorrect, but I feel like white people will just allow, yeah, man, you know, Indianapolis or New York, but with niggas, man, that nigga from Brooklyn, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like nigga yeah. from Queens, whatever, like, it's a, to yeah, the rest a, of the world, it doesn't it's matter. It's a different culture. Or it's even a different... me being from Indiana, that people will, you know, if you did something good, you know, we'll, we'll claim Michael Jackson. But when he got in trouble for them kids, he was like, Gary. you know, that nigga from Gary. So, <laughs> 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 it's just funny. Niggas love doing that. You did something good, you know, it's from this, even uh, But yeah, Fetty Wap got caught with all that dope. And it was just funny because, oh, how did I get there? Oh, because you was you was uh get getting at me for being a comedian, for doing comedy and for punching. Of like, you don't get mad at a punchline, man, from a comedian. And then like Fetty Wap, you know, everybody was like, Oh, he got caught with fentanyl and it was just like 
yeah, drug dealers don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. I hate to be the one to tell you that. Sure. But it's also like that's exclusively what Fetty rapped about. So it's like Is Fetty is Fetty short for fentanyl? Hilarious. <laughs> hey, nah, I don't believe you. Re- so. You did the rock thing. I had to do that one. So no, now... but, but see how I just laughed and we moving on? <laughs> no, yeah. but sometimes I like to break the fourth wall, too. You can call me out on my bullshit. I like yeah, to break yeah. the fourth wall. It's I like, mean, I, that, I that. made the joke, and now I'm addressing the corniness of it. <laughs> but, that, but, that's the, but that's the game for me. So like I said, it's to have that fun. Like I, I, you know me. I'm I'm big on, I, I won't name them names, but just hanging out at the bar one time and a comedian was like, yeah, uh, something, something. Is that part of your act? And I immediately just switched seats and tried to never talk to her again because it's just like, ugh, yuck. Are you the comedian that, that doesn't understand who we are? As if I would find time to sit here and rattle off stuff to you as if I'm looking for some sort of feedback from you. And, you know, some, com- some comedians can be so goddamn arrogant. And, right. you, and, then, and then it starts putting you in this place of, you know, the longer I hang here, the more I might start telling you the truth about yourself since you got something to say about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, I don't think you're fucking funny anyway. And we start going down that line. You know, because she had the nerve to, you know, is that part of your act? of like, don't treat me like my retarded uncle or whatever, my drunk uncle. You know, is that part of your act? Like, no, it's not part of my act. We just happen to be here in this moment watching the game. And, <laughs> like, I'm sure there are things we were talking about wrestling earlier that wrestlers do that a wrestler, another wrestler would probably be like, damn, man, can you not be so cliche? I guess I would have to be in that world to know. But, yeah, it was just interesting. Like, like, what was that? Be like, is this, be like nah, the wrestler will probably look at another wrestler like, nigga, are you cutting a promo right now? Like, <laughs> Right, right, a little bit. Because I can't front. Like, it, sometimes it's annoying to be around comics who are running bits on you. It's different if we're workshopping or we're talking shop. That's one thing, right? But it's like yeah. we're having organic human conversations and they're running bits. And it's like, nigga, why are you running a bit? Where, like, why, why are you not being a person right now? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not a rant. I don't. And and I think you can feel that like heavy in the first year or two, maybe. But I'm not around nobody that does that. Like, I but I I am surrounded by funny people. So like, if we're all right. at a diner, you know, Nico's funny, yeah. Eagles funny. Like, we have fun. But that's, nobody's yeah, running bits. Different. But, but, I'm but what about, I'm saying, I've like, been in that thing. At any moment, you could pretty much pull that with most comics because it's like, you know, me and my old roommate, Adam, we kind of laugh at how, like, even the way we speak at a point is like, so I was in the store the other day and the nigga almost just go, like, you could almost just close your eyes and you are on stage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, the second you go into, yeah, Ibrahim, man, I was down at this corner store the other day and... Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, shut up, punchline, it's coming. So, well, that's how we talk, and I mean, yeah. if you if you if you are conversational on stage, then of course you are off it. So it's like, yeah. So that's why I always get mad when people are like, oh, is that a beer? <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up. 
like uh, I, I went to a funeral recently, and this is see in real life around certain people, but one of my aunts or my cousin rather actually, but she's one of them cousins that's you know fifteen years older than you, so it's like ah, she feels like an aunt. Uh, I was at the funeral, and um, I made a joke. Literally, I think my dad had like four brothers left alive, and he's the only one now. And we were at, you know, his brother's funeral and all my aunts were sitting across from me. And I kind of joked with my male cousin of like, see, all the women are still left. Like all our aunts are still here. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, these women, they kill us. Like they break <laughs> us down. <laughs> and my aunt just got into like, uh, uh, really? Are you on stage right now? Is that one of your little bits? <laughs> saying that but it just it made me laugh a little at like 
like I said, all these little Mike, I mean, he spins what probably I think there's seven or eight episodes. I've only watched like four of them because it was real cringy because like I said, as a grown ass man, you look kind of crazy talking about being 14 and you know, this white lady was, she kept looking at me and it's like, uh, okay. And <laughs> you know, you still made it to the NFL. And I mean, he brings up some legit points, obviously when we talk about, you know, sports and, basically how because he was black they didn't want him to be a quarterback and i i do understand that that's a real thing that like hindered him or whatever right. but like i said the rest of the shit is just like okay but these white people didn't adopted you and brought you into a cul-de-sac and this is how you treat them <laughs> you know with a documentary about how you never had collard greens before and had your hair braided like nigga get over yourself but, but his but yeah but what i remember with all of this the uh all of the interviews I used to watch that he used to give, you know, because I'm a Niner fan. So, you know, I was a fan of the kid. And what I used to watch with his – like, his mother went out of her way to ensure that he knew his black identity. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't try to, like, change him or she didn't try to, like, make it seem like race didn't exist or that he wasn't different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? She made it. She was like, yo, I'm going to make it where you know what your roots are. And you have you have white people I've seen that adopted kids. I know white people with mixed kids who don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like so it's like at some point it's like yo your parents did I, like I said I haven't seen it, but from what the from the interviews I've seen that his his mother and father wasn't they weren't that you know they weren't th- those type of people. Well, it's you know I mean? tricky too because then you go you know how much does somebody owe you on that, and then it can veer into almost. A stereotype of like, remember uh, the the golf guy that said we gonna make Tiger some some chicken and some collard greens when Tiger won. Mm-hmm. So you can become mm-hmm. that person too. <laughs> so it's like you know you like you saying you know they're trying to help him by showing him these things, but that point is like I don't want to watch Roots. Can I just watch some goddamn cartoons? I'm ten. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, but like I said, I just Yo, think but it, that also comes, but that also gets to the thing of what really offend, like what's really offensive is also dependent upon the person. Because I'm gonna tell you, like that another thing that went viral on online was the dude who dressed up in in blackface for as a uh, sexual chocolate. Okay, right. I didn't find that offensive. <laughs> That's I was not offended. You know. I had uh, Joe Russell on a couple weeks ago, and me and Joe, and Joe's white, obviously, but me and Joe, we were kind of talking about that, and I said, as best as I can define it, you know, kids, let kids do whatever, because I remember there was a, like a little girl that was like Rihanna or whatever, and she dressed up like Rihanna, but she did have brown face on, and it's like, ah, she's fucking seven, like, let her do whatever the fuck she wants, but grown-ups, but then there is this line of, like, what you saying, a little bit of, like, I'm not that offended by that, and there is this, these ideas that get put out there of, like, you're black, you have to be mad about this. Yeah, but the other thing is, to me, to me, like, if he stood there and he wasn't wearing brown face or black or whatever, I wouldn't even know who the fuck he was supposed to be. Right, but right. the fact, but but it's also <laughs> the thing of, to me, you have to know black people and love and have some sort of affection for black people to even know who sexual chocolate is. Right, like some of it is just uh, 
keeping us Somebody, from keeping us it, from showing our um our love pay, for certain pay, characters. And right, paying things. homage. Because I remember when the internet was trying to cancel RDJ for Tropic Thunder, and right. I'm like, nigga, he should have got an Oscar for that shit. But they came <laughs> years later too. So yeah, it's come like, on, so he needs to be canceled for Tropic Thunder because <laughs> it's like you dumbasses, you don't even understand that Tropic Thunder was making a satire about the very thing you're complaining about. A little dickhead. Yeah. They don't but even then, get it. it, it but then it's movies like, uh, you know, Laquisha, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know if that should exist. Just poorly All right. thought out What's that? Is that the white guy who talked like the black woman? Is that what you're talking about? Right. And then okay. it was funny, too, when, they, when the Karen stuff popped off, you know, the white women... Karen's offensive. Don't call me that. That's a slur. And it's like, shit. You know, if we did this to black Laquisha. What the fuck do you think that is? Like, when I was coming up in South Georgia, a lot of them white boys would try to, like, kind of make that a joke of uh, whatever, Brunquisha. It's just mm, like, yeah, all right, I hear you. Y'all got y'all things, too. You know. Right. We, Yo, just, we, speaking of, we, we just bold enough to tell y'all to y'all face. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, movies on Netflix and shit, and talking about microaggressions, nigga, I watched this that, that movie Passing. Did you see that? I haven't seen that. What's that? It's based on a book. It's about two. It's about two high yellow women, one of which lives in Harlem with her black family, oh, and the other. And she runs into an old um, Let, acquaintance from. Let's not from, brush off the fact that you just said two high yellow women. <laughs> yeah, two high yellow women. That's what it's a, no. That's what. It, yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> they, they're two high yellow, light bright, damn near white women. Uh, who one has a black family and she passes from time to time like if she needs to go somewhere or whatever right. she passes as a white woman but she runs into her friend who passes who's been passing as a white woman for years and she has a white husband and, and everything he's like the whole nine. in the whole nine yards but she misses her black roots and she comes to Harlem and she pretty much is like a reverse gentrifier Gotcha. Or gentrifier and camouflage. It's so funny to watch. But a majority of that movie is, like you said, microaggression. So I put out a tweet. I said, passing more like passive aggressive. I said, just two hours of people just being cunts to one another. Because that's and pretty see, much the entire movie. Yeah. Like it's all blown up by one person just going ahead and turning around. Like I've been, you know, followed by a white person randomly. You know, it's all blown up by you turning around and going, motherfucker, are you following me? Like, I beat your ass. And then that's the mm -hmm. end of that. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. You know, you turn around right. and give them the look. Hey, man, you, yeah, it's because I'm black, right? Gotcha, heard you. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it's all past that. And that's why, to me, to call it out and see, you know, the women on the internet start a lot of this stuff. And then you start seeing guys you know, trying to basically get cool points from the chicks or what mm -hmm. did we used to say or who whose old joke is that? That might be some more as a joke. Uh, coochie coupons is what niggas be trying to get. Oh, hilarious. You know, yeah, if I, I sit that. here and agree Damn, with I remember her, that I bit. keep that was great bit. coochie coupons based like a punch card. You know, by mm -hmm. the 10th coochie coupon punch I get, I get a, some free coochie and it's like, nigga, shut up. You're acting right. like a bitch. <laughs> I hate to tell oh, you Oh, my God. But, me and my wife, just, me and my wife so, about, I'll, go, go ahead, I'll, I'll touch on that, go ahead. 
so so like diversity and then you can tell me what you was about to tell me but like so or even off the strength of what you just said about high yellow right so these girls and i mean i did have this girl on a couple weeks ago she's a sex worker or whatever she told me i could call her that because i was like that shit feels dirty anyway um (laughs) she was talking about colorism and i mean she's dark-skinned but I, I said to her, I said, that's not a thing. I said, what y'all do is y'all only get mad at, like, the top. Like, you don't go and, you know, you watch a Jay-Z video or, a, I don't know, give me a rapper or a Drake video and go, why are there no dark-skinned girls here? But I was like, you would never walk in a Dollar General and be like, y'all ain't got no dark-skinned girls working here. Mm-hmm. You know, and them girls are making minimum wage. You know, Mm -hmm. it's always some shit like, you know, some top level shit. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk into Ritz Carlton and go, you know, downtown or in the Marriott suite and go, yeah, I ain't got no here, but you don't go to the Motel 8 and go, ain't no dark skin maids here. That's almost like they also do it to their own detriment and don't realize how dumb they sound. Just like when Michael B. Jordan had a boat full of white women. Right? Was it Michael B. Jordan or somebody? They had like a boat, a boat full oh, of white Kyrie women. Oh, Kyrie had part- one a few years ago. People forgot that. Was about Kyrie, that. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, that was Kyrie Irving. He had a boat full of white bitches, and and like was on the internet and whatever white girl boat or something like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of black chicks got mad. And me and my boy was like, so you want him to, so you want him to objectify a, a bunch of black queens? So right. Let them white bitches out. Like you mad? You mad because you ain't the smart on the boat? <laughs> Yeah, he's smut the white girls, and he and he'll marry the black women. But y'all mad because y'all not the smuts on the boat. Oh, like, that come shit on, is man. funny too, because you just like you know y'all calling each other queens, but a queen don't become a queen without a king. Like that's how that even happens. And they mm-hmm. call each other that as they you know shout about the patriarchy and shit too. So it's just like y'all sending so many conflicted mixed mixed messages. <laughs> Yo. So back back to what we were talking about, so about how um about how you have certain attitudes uh, towards like me and my wife was talking about, like you was bringing up you were talking about the coochie coupons and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? So me and my me and my wife were talking about how I I'm like I used to be in this group this Islamic marriage group because I, you know, I told you at one time I was looking for a second wife, right? So I used to be in these Islamic marriage groups, whatever, and you see these brothers that's in there, and they will be like. They would pretty much be, be parroting everything the women are saying. Yeah. All these single guys in there, oh, brothers, we need to be, and we have to be kings and protectors of our women. And but it's like, man, shut up. Like, <laughs> like, if I come with a perspective, right, I'm coming from a perspective of someone who's been married well over a decade. Like, I've been responsible for women. I've been in charge of women. You know what I'm saying? So my perspective comes from my experience of dealing with women. You know what I'm saying? The, your experience of what you're trying to say is like you say, you're trying to get married. You're trying to get some pussy. It's like, man, I've been paying for pussy, maintaining pussy, protecting pussy. I'm telling you, my perspective of how I'm talking to these sisters come from somebody who's been married and I'm like a war veteran. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's, our perspectives are two totally different things. Hello? Hello? You gotta be kidding me. You're 
Right, Yo. Well, you get, yeah, you back. I don't know what happened there. I, I don't know what happened either. It was Wi-Fi. We was getting so, too real. What, uh, you know what happened? We went this whole episode and I didn't talk shit about... About Anchor app? Anchor. Yep. <laughs> you Fuck you, Anchor. The app. It's the ritual. I gotta insult the app. When I don't insult the app and I just try to coast along and give it the benefit of the doubt, it fucks me. So, fuck shit, Anchor. Shit is the ritual. So, where, where, what did you hear? <laughs> I don't even know. Not a lot. Uh, you know what's weird? I could hear you, but obviously you couldn't hear me. But uh, finish the story. You were saying you would go to like a club well, or a bar, and the dudes no, 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 would be no. pandering. Nah, I was in a fan. I was in this. I was in this group on Facebook, which is like an Islamic marriage group. Ah, so, because okay. for a while I was in, I was in the market for a second wife. I was trying to get a, a second wife. Mm-hmm. So I was in the groups or whatever, and I ended up leaving these groups, man, because. The, much like you're talking about the guys trying to get the coochie coupons, what I was saying was you had to be brothers in the groups who sound like they write out of a textbook when it comes right. to interacting with the women. You know, like, oh, brothers, we have to be protectors and the providers for our women and we have to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, shut up. Like, you sound terrible. Like, my perspective of coming from where I come from with my per- opinions and stuff come from a man who's been married most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in charge of women. I'm the oldest of nine. I have six sisters. I've had to look out for them, so I was part and parcel to help raising them. Right. I've been married most of my life. I've been married to the same woman for 14 years. It's like, so when I'm saying something about women, I'm saying from a place of Experience. someone who's been in charge of them or right. someone who's been responsible for them, for the feminists that listen to this. I've been responsible. For, I've been doing what you're talking about from the textbooks. <laughs> right. And that's and, so funny. Yes. Yeah. Like... And, 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 the, and the part that comes from being that responsible brother, that responsible man or whatever for women, is being able to tell them when they're wrong and being yeah, able to not agree with them. That's real support going, hey, you're a fucking idiot. Don't do that. <laughs> right, that's right. real support. But these guys are. Like you said, they'll parrot anything the women are saying in hopes that they'll get in their good graces not knowing you look like a dickhead that way. And, and not only that, but you're really causing them further harm. And at yeah. a point, they might even get mad at you to say, well, why would you let me do that? Exactly. And I've even seen that happen to some dudes, you know, in relationships and shit. Oh, well, you, you know, did this or did that. Well, why would you let me do that? And it's like, yeah. up, up, up. <laughs> she don't even respect you no more. And that's yep. that having to draw them hard lines. Like I kind of told you about, uh, I think a few months ago, about the, the ex I had a long time ago where, you know, this girl basically went off to college and started getting, you know, with these dudes or whatnot. And they getting into her head. And she like, something, something. You know, this guy has these horses in Alabama. I'm a, go down for Christmas to see his family and I just drew the hard line of that's cool and when you come back we don't go together mm-hmm. <laughs> and she got pissed off but it was like nah yeah you you know what that is mm-hmm. but and it was one of them things that like if I just allowed you to do that shit you wouldn't even respect me when you got back so right. uh, and yeah then, and then didn't you say when she got back she said hey he actually did try to make a move on me or some shit like that. Her friend or her roommate at the time kind of let me know because she was Aggie and I would do shit like when I would go up, I would I would take her roommate out with us 
to where her roommate showed me love. Like she left him. Her roommate was like, Yeah, you know, old boy tried to make a move on her. Da 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 da. She feed me all the information. I'm like, Oh, okay. I knew she was she was being a little different. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, it was one of the things that I wanted to break up with her anyway. So it was just all of that yeah, shit was just evidence, mean. evidence against my case of like, thanks for making this easier. Right. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, they they do shit. They oh, essentially are testing you, and you got to be smart enough to kind of cut that shit off. But yeah, exactly. and, and that's the problem, especially exactly. in the New York comedy scene, is that you know, like you're saying, most of these dudes don't have any actual experience with women. It's like, bro, you live with three dudes, mm-hmm. and you've lived with them for seven, eight years. You know. I could name mm-hmm. you, I could run you off, you know, list of comics of like, yeah, I know and you live with a dude of like, you know, so all of this is just rhetoric. It's mm-hmm. Not any actual experience. It's yeah, like you when, have, it's yeah, like when, um, hold on, dream. it's like when Mayor de Blasio starts talking about the New York City subway system and you go, I've been on a train every day. I don't, I ain't never seen your ass. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about the New York City subway system. It's all idealistic to you mm-hmm. you know there, there's seats for everybody everybody yeah, should be able to have a seat it's like have you ever been down there at 10 o'clock at night and it's like three yeah. bums in one car just laying out taking up up a whole seat yeah that's uh like I, I was telling my wife we were going for a walk and i said when i hear these motherfuckers who's supposed to be feminists these guys who are feminists and these guys who have got so many opinions about what men should say or whatever i said I said, if you've never been married, I don't want to hear what the fuck you got to say about relationships of women. I said, that's uh, like, I, I said, I, I, I said, a motherfucker, a motherfucker, like no, no, ma- no, marriage is, marriage is the relationship. I don't give a fuck what nobody got to say, because my thing is, when you are dealing with, when you, like, if I'm a homeowner, I'm not going to take ho- homeowner's advice from an Airbnb nigga. Right. If a nigga been airbnb <laughs> or renting, I'm yeah. not gonna. Hey, I'm not gonna call that nigga about no advice about who I should call if my boiler go. Like, no, I'm gonna talk to a guy who's been a homeowner longer than me. Right, right. I'm not gonna. Why the fuck would you listen to your single friend or somebody who's never been married or have all these people who are relationship gurus who've never been in a stable relationship over a decade? Right, it's so and, much. And the fact that, and the reality, like me and my boy was just talking about, my brother-in-law, who's about to, you know, he's my best friend before he's my brother-in-law, but the, him and my sister about to fucking, uh, they're about to split up because she's a fucking idiot, right? We were talking, it's like, yo, you don't know that person, especially with, with women, you don't know that person until you really marry to them. You don't really know them. Yeah. Because all up until that point, they are, they are working for a temp agency. You know what I'm saying? They put it on their best behavior. The moment you make that motherfucker permanent, you're going to see the real one. You're going to see the real person. Yeah, then all the bad shit comes out because it's like, exactly. oh, you can't just so, roll over and decide to leave. Right. All of a sudden, she got a beard. <laughs> like, wait, you used to go get that clipped every week. What's mm-hmm. really going on? You know, light-skinned women fucking... got that bad because that shit show. Yeah. <laughs> You you just see all of the things with them that make them either really good people or really bad people, and you have no, and like you said, you have no escape, and it, it, it tests your fortitude. Like, all right, how long am I gonna stick this shit out? 
What uh, what made you um, what made you quit get out the market for a second wife? Are you still looking? What, what's going on? No, with I'm, that? I'm I'm not looking, bro. Well, first of all, comedy for one, that like comedy became the other woman. Finances changed, which I'm still doing pretty good, but it's like um, I wasn't. I'm not doing like I was doing then when I was looking heavy aggressively. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was aggressively, I was doing really well. And then, so and that's that built changed. into the religion, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It allows that. Um, do you know but, any but, guys who have second wives? Yeah, how, my wife, my father had my, my my father had two wives for like nine years. This brother I knew, uh, he had four wives as long as I've known him. My other boy, he had he had two wives when I met him. I knew both his wives. They were really really sweet sisters. Um, didn't know them like intimately like that, but they would like they were just used to when I was single. They used to send food to me through him, because you know I'm a single guy. I had nobody cooking for me at right, home. Right. You know I wasn't. So they was like cool like that. Um, and he and I are really cool. He's really do, good dude. Um, I know I know being in the Muslim community, you know the people who have multiple wives. Right. You know what I'm saying? But so, but I knew that that's that's something that I wanted. Now these women too goofy, bro. And I'm getting and I'm getting older. I'm getting older. It's like I'm 38, and I don't. I like my. I not that I didn't like my wife before. I like my wife. I like. I love my wife. But a yeah. lot of women can't. A lot of women can't measure up to her. Okay, that's you know. That's a lot of them can't measure up. And and when I would get in conversations and I would talk to women, potential candidates. That would make them feel, I believe that would make them feel inadequate, the fact that I didn't treat them like side bitches. Because, you know, what happens is sometimes, you know how, like, you get a side bitch, dude, they like to talk down or they or they make that girl feel like she's bringing in something new that the gotcha. other girl is doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I think women do that, though. And I, didn't do, and I didn't do that. So when they God, would, hey, so they, they all want to feel like they the, they the new young hot shit, even and if they, they got never... the oldest. They, yeah. They've never talked to a dude and he's actually being honest about his wife. Like, I remember being young, like 20, I worked with this dude. He was real dumb. White dude named Darren. And I mean, he mm-hmm. was dumb. Like, but he was married and he talked to these chicks, you know, on the job. And I remember one woman just flat out kind of said to me, like, he's gross. He'll come over to me, you know, talk to, trying to get with me and be shitting on his wife. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, well, how the fuck you gonna treat me if you t- talk about your wife like that? Now, mind you, just in, you know, I don't know this woman personally, but she was a smarter woman because a lot of women they'll entertain that kind of shit, right? You know, they want to feel like they are something special. I wouldn't I even be them, doing that. And yeah, mm-hmm, she needs to get I, it together. They want to be yeah, that person. Yeah, I used to tell them like, look. The fact that I want another wife has to do with me. It ain't got nothing to do with my wife. I said, my wife is amazing. That's, I said, she's yeah, amazing. See, you I being see. secure in that probably was fucking their head up of life. Yeah, and not even that. My wife would end up talking to them. And the fact that she wasn't insecure about them, I think, would fuck them up. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. The fact she wasn't insecure. She would call them like, she would call them and actually build a relationship with them. And then it ends up falling apart. Because like I said, I don't think too many women could handle the fact that we were that abrupt. We had one chick actually try to throw a monkey wrench in our marriage, try to like start, like start some shit. But we had too many, we had too many, I had too many receipts on this bitch. 
And I had too many receipts on her, and she didn't understand that me and my wife speak to each other. That's so it's like, what you're trying to say to her, you don't know. We've already talked about you. Yeah, just and trying I had to text interrupt. Messages. Bro, she tried to make it seem like I was thirsty for her. I was chasing her. I was uh, this yeah, and that. And I told my wife, I say, I said, babe, I got pictures that I didn't ask for of this girl without her overgarment on. <laughs> she sent these to me. I never, I didn't ask for them. When you say overgarment, it's just the headpiece that you know, like a lot no, of Muslims no, no. wear. You know how like you know how Muslims wear the whole thing. You're not supposed yeah, to see yeah. a woman. You're not supposed to see a woman with you know a Muslim woman without that. You know right. what I mean, bro? She sent me. She saw, sent me pictures I didn't even ask for of her and her and her like home clothes. Mm, I didn't ask yeah, for that. That's kind of wild. You know, what I'm but she gonna talk to my wife and tell my wife like, oh, he. You know, I'm not that into him, and he's just like, what? Because my wife called her. She got her. She got her. She asked me for a number. I gave her a number, and she called her. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to her. She's but like, see, Yo, that's what I'm saying. Speaking to my husband, I want to know who you are. A lot of times, they just agents of chaos that it's like, yeah. you yep. know, and a lot of them don't even find you interesting as a dude if you don't bring them drama, where it's like, we, we were very much, in most cases, pretty stable people, you know. I go to this bar on Monday and I have this drink and I watch Monday night football. Mm-hmm. You know, they are all very much on some, I want to do something different. My, yeah, I want to do my, something different. Drama, so, drama, drama for a woman and chaos for a woman is a drug. Mm-hmm. It's a drug. Like I told even my wife, they, like, even, like with my wife, right? She's a very even keel person, right? But she's a, but deep down she's still a project bitch, so <laughs> she needs some type of confusion or she needs some type of drama. So she watches reality shows. Mm-hmm. And so I told, yeah. I said the, I said if you can't ruin someone's life, you want to watch someone's life be ruined on TV. Yeah. And it feeds that urge for drama, and 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 uh, what 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 do you call it? Fucking gossip Chaos. and all that stuff. Just and chaos, chaos that you don't have in your life, mm-hmm. you want to watch it and consume it. Yeah, they're so, attracted to that kind of stuff. So it scratches that project bitch itch she got. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> That's what it is. It's the same thing with us when we watch sports. If we can't punch a motherfucker in the face and give somebody a concussion, or can't we want to watch someone. <laughs> we want to watch somebody dunk on a motherfucker and yeah, kind of watch- live through that. Yes. And that uh, WNBA parade, which I've always said the reason women don't watch sports is they don't enjoy competition. It's it's the, going back to the colorism thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, these girls will do that. You know, they'll look at a Drake video and just go, you know, it ain't enough dark skinned dudes or girls here, right? So then mm-hmm. it's like, but I can't look at the Lakers and go, yeah, I ain't got no dark skinned short dudes on there. What's up yeah, with me? Exactly. I'm like, that's not, you know, their, their thing is to almost force you to be inclusive, but it's not inclusive unless it's A, something they want to be, be a part of, or B, uh, you know, it, it's only to include themselves. Right. Also another, <laughs> also, another reason the WNBA isn't successful is for two reasons, right? Going back to your, your point of mentioning them, is that one, outside of the competition, what you said, one, you have women cannot interject themselves in any place in that. Yeah. It's almost like remember the Bill Burr bit where he talks about uh, if he's watching, if he saw porn and he see two guys going at it, 
He yeah. said, I can't inject myself or live vicariously through anybody right, right. in that. Well, with women, the reason they are attracted to NBA is that men admire NBA players because they're wealthy, they're athletic, right? Women want to fuck NBA players because they're right. wealthy and athletic. When they're watching WNBA, there's no way they can fucking interject. These chicks aren't wealthy, right? <laughs> and, they, and no one, and not many people want to fuck them. Not saying right. they're not beautiful, because there's some that I would absolutely. Oh yeah, uh, my Richardson as a couple. Uh, Liz Bro, Davis they, as a couple. Uh, this is one called uh, Tia Cooper. Yeah, she, Tia, she Tia, for Spark. I know who you talking about. She bad. Gorgeous. Uh, Gorgeous. What's, so what's don't get me wrong. Girl? Oh, I like Maya Moore too. Maya, Maya, Maya Moore, Tyler Diggins from prison. So, prison. Yo. So if you if you catch a case, Maya's your girl. And Candace Parker ain't bad neither. Candace Parker always been fine. I remember when I was a kid, I met Tamika Hostclaw. She was gorgeous too back in the day. Uh, 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 but there was I, been some. There's, there's been some. There are some gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. There's some gorgeous. Well, like I, I mean, said, they're into over, They're more into they, who are they dating? What are they yeah, doing? Yeah, it's a whole lot to that. Also, also, what I said, the WNBA that does not thrive like the NBA does on humiliation. Mm-hmm. A nigga getting crossed up. Dunked yeah. on, that isn't happening in the WNBA. Well, they, they should know, always make a WNBA basketball wives, and then the yeah. girls will watch because they want to see drama. They want to see Brittany Griner choke her girlfriend. <laughs> well, Brittany Griner had the, the 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 girl the uh the drama with her ex wife. Well, that's why Remember? I'm saying that. That's why and you I know what Brittany Griner yeah. choked her. That's what they want to see. <laughs> yeah, but no, but they that's funny because even. Even WNBA drama didn't even garner a lot of a lot of attention. Well, that's because ultimately no one's like you're saying they can't see themselves in it because they're like I don't want to do a layup, you know. I want to sleep with old girl down the blocks, man, or at least break them up. That's, yeah. <laughs> so they live vicariously through basketball through the wise, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, you know, and, and I see her spending. I see her spending his money while he's on a road trip. I want to be that bitch. <laughs> right. Yeah, they want to ruin stuff. Uh, yeah, you were saying something about David and Tammy back in the day from the real world, which I was like, yo, that's wild. Because I was just telling somebody about that, about how he, he kind of had a promising career, and then this girl really has existed longer than him. Her whole her whole existence. Has What's her name? Old Tammy Roman or whatever. Tammy she's Roman just like, hey, get this chick out of here. She don't do nothing but hold on to niggas and Maintain some sort of relevance. <laughs> it's interesting, though. But uh, what did I want to say? Like, even um, yo, yeah. I'm I mean, back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, yeah, we had a little moment there, but uh, yeah, somebody called nah. me. Somebody called me. Oh, uh, oh, good. We about to get out here probably another ten minutes. But uh, what's his name? Um. That's what I wanted to talk to you about because it do it do feel like that they're never to blame and we're always to blame, right? So two things. One is Henry Ruggs. Did you see the receiver from uh, the Raiders yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. getting trouble? Yeah, man. Crazy. And I mean, he was driving drunk or whatever and killed somebody. I mean, you always gotta, you know, you take your moment of silence for that. But then sometimes you just you peep the narrative and you go, okay, so did we just not have social media? Because it seems to me like. You know, whoever Caitlyn Jenner ran over, that was fine. Like, nobody mm. really tripped off that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever Brandy ran over back in the day, you know, she got a new show on ABC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, Venus ran somebody over and killed you. And it's just like, okay, so y'all just not hold women accountable? Or is mm. it just, I, I'm supposed to be outraged because Henry Ruggs did this. And like I said, I mean, obviously a moment of silence, but you go, okay, like, what's the reason? y'all really mad it feel like y'all just get mad at men and black men in particular for anything and then Mm -hmm. you know closing out the week with Travis Scott that it's just like you know what was he supposed to do right like people act like he was supposed to transform and save the people in the crowd but it's like you know when when chaos happens I mean you know people begin stampeding and I didn't even I didn't even like the narrative. Like people started going, "Oh, there was a ten year old kid there," and I'm over here like, "Look, y'all letting ten year old kids pick their gender, but they can't go to a concert." And I mean, mind you, it's not like it was a Young Thug concert. It's not like it was an NBA Young Boy concert. It's fucking Travis Scott. It's a nigga with a McDonald's meal of like, you know, he got Jesus. sneakers. He, he got sneakers. To, McDonald's. Yeah, he's as close to rock and roll just about as you can get. And I'm, I'm right. not going to say he's MC Hammer, but I'm saying it's almost the equivalent of, like, dropping your 10-year-old off in the 90s at an MC Hammer concert. Or like, oh, he's the fun guy that all the kids love. Um, but, but yeah, like, the narratives, I hate it, you know. And why, why is a 10-year-old there? And it's like, all these mass shootings and school shootings, like, shit, I'd, I'd leave my kid at a Travis Scott concert before I would at school. Like, I would feel safer <laughs> with them here. Like, these kids are doing mass shooter drills in school. So let's not talk about the safety of a child. It just was weird to me that all of a sudden people just became real, I guess the word I would I would use is rapophobic. <laughs> Where it was just like, why were these people there, you know, and all this different stuff. And it's like, you know what's crazy is, I think that happened last Saturday. And you go, you still don't have answers for why eight people just passed out. Right, right. They was talking about somebody was pricking people with needles. Or something. Yeah, and then, and then that's why I hate the internet too. Because as soon as somebody said that, people jumped to, "Oh well, y'all don't fucking know." And it's like you don't fucking know either. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, they they actually put a report on um, it was on the news that mm-hmm. one of the security guards or one of the cops they had to be revived with Narcan. Yeah, yeah. So he got like, pricked. He got pricked with a needle. Something happened there. Like I said, I feel like we we became very distracted by. It's like you know how in the nineties we talked about with the Gulf War, chemical warfare, yeah, and yeah. biological warfare. That it's like this looked like some sort of almost bioterrorism type shit. Mm-hmm. Somebody would come to a concert and prick people, and I mean it's already hard enough to get into a damn stadium. You know, I went to. Uh, Knicks game and a Nets game or not a Nets game but a Jets game a few years ago and you know going into the stadium you, you can't have a bag it's hard enough to get in these places they patting you right how, did, how like, the fuck yeah how the fuck did he get in there with a needle right yeah. but it's like look that's all that's about to do is roll these rules back even more of like right right you just about might have to check your phone and your jacket and stand there in the cold to watch the game because yeah but I just think it's funny how we've gotten so distracted that people just quit searching for answers. But it's like, like I said, the stampeding didn't cause eight people to pass out. 
Right, right. So it's just like, how did y'all get arrive at yo fuck Travis Scott and this is his fault and you know oh well people in the crowd were screaming for him to stop. It's like people are always screaming. Like <laughs> you know that that was a stadium that holds like you know a hundred k people or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. How was he supposed to know what was going on? Hey, if you think about it, if you think about it in this way too, like remember back in the day, Michael Jackson would be on stage and motherfuckers used to pass out in the all the time. You don't it's know like, what's going who, on. Yeah, who like who's to say was they gonna tell Michael Jackson he should have did he should have jumped out there and revived mm-hmm. them or some shit? The same yeah, shit. It's like, you don't, it's you like don't it's, know what the it's, fuck's going it's on. Forty thousand people out here loving Michael Jackson. Out of the 40,000, 200 passed out just from the sight of him. Right. And he was supposed to stop the concert because these people went into cardiac arrest. I don't know. Yeah, it just, like I said, with Henry Ruggs and him, it just always felt like, like you know, you know how uh, kids at a party play pin the tail on the donkey. But mm-hmm. it's pin the tail of the nigga all the time of life, like I said. It, to them. Also, also people, people benefit because of social media from uh, instant replay privilege, meaning if you because you're able to sit back and watch this be replayed to you, you're able to sit there and go, well, he should have done, or it would have been easier for him to do. It's like, yeah, but when when you there live, nigga, it's a bang bang play. Yeah, (laughs) it all starts to feel like if I was on those planes during 9/11. I yeah, and it's like I you wouldn't did shit when James came over here and smacked you upside the head for all them thirty five dollars. You didn't do shit like, then, and he didn't right. even have a box cutter, much less speaking right. another language that you can't audibly understand. So it's like, yeah, but like you said, instant replay privilege that everybody. But like I said, I'm looking at this Caitlyn Jenner thing. I'm going, I don't remember y'all being mad, like, and I mean. You know me, I know weird, random stories from years ago. Dante Stallworth, and I mean... Oh, Dante, yeah, yeah. I made that mention when, as soon as it happened. I'm like, damn, what's up with wide receivers? Yeah. <laughs> Them motherfuckers can't drive worth of shit. They can't hold their liquor, apparently. Can't, can't hold it. Well, with Dante Stallworth, he wasn't drunk. The guy he hit was drunk, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Because hmm. I always thought he was a, he was drunk, but oh yeah, the wasn't. dude was kind of in the middle of the road. And I yeah, mean, the you guy. Know what's funny hit. is the way they would run the news back then was damn near a smear campaign to where right. they would kind of smear the victim a little. I'm like, well, what was he doing in the middle of the road? Yeah. He should have got out of that wide receiver's way. <laughs> yeah, the the thing was, uh, uh, Dante Solver was he was speeding. Mm-hmm. But the other part was the guy that was supposed to be in the street was drunk. Yeah. So and I mean, it was I, like, I, both I, them I, niggas was wrong. It was like just, said, it was I, more wrong. I, I like the narrative now because, you know, obviously back in the day, they would run smear campaigns. And it's come closer. We need to come back closer to the middle. Now it feels like everything is the person's fault. And, you know, back then, they would no obviously blame for the, the other victim. Right. But it's like, we mm-hmm. need to come Closer to the middle, we don't need to be victim blamer, but we don't need to, you know, everything isn't Travis Scott's fault. It's like, you know, there's security, different people in place for all that. And even when he made the apology video, people was like, you know, that nigga don't mean that. And it's just like, that shit didn't, I ain't gonna front, that shit look like he did not give a fuck. He was trying to give a fuck. I can't even, like, 
nigga, like, look, he was better off not even making a video. He, he was better off going, look, or, or, or texting some shit with a picture. My condolences go out to the, He should have never made that video. get in the booth and do what you do. Make a yo, song, nigga. Heal the world. <laughs> you yo, see what Michael he, Jackson did? His, his video and Kyle Rittenhouse's video oh, yeah. damn near the same amount of, of give like, a fuck. Fake there was nothing. Fuck. But you trying to make yourself give a fuck? Because there's people looking like, nah. I thought it was weird that he black and whited his video. (laughs) I'm like, nigga, did you use a filter? Nigga, you made a sincere filter. He made made an (laughs) avant-garde. How you make your fucking condolences video avant-garde? Like, Yeah, you tried to, if I'm black and whited, they'll know I'm serious. Yeah, like, he, he did some <laughs> Spike Lee. He got the havoc shit yeah, to his video. Yeah, it's like, nigga, you do music. What would Michael do? Nigga, call Quincy up, get a couple other rappers in the studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all need to make a, a Narkin song about Narkin or whatever the fuck they used to revive that officer. But uh, yeah, man, it just was interesting. And like I said, I think we need to come back closer to the middle and and yeah, him and Kyle Rittenhouse, you you go better. Who had the better uh, apology video? <laughs> yeah. Neither one of them motherfuckers. It was terrible, both of them. Lives were lost, and then I know you know Travis Scott's got them uh, the Jordans that he's got. It was mm-hmm. just Jordans with the check flip backwards, and I know like you know, like nothing an artist does is that sincere. Everything's about marketing, so it's like next year this time he'll release some sneakers with like each victim's name on it. <laughs> oh, look! And he just, gonna say, look, look! He gonna say he gonna auction it off, and then and then and look, and then donate the money to a foundation that he started. <laughs> right, right. So it's just like, yeah, man, that McDonald's meal deal is gonna, gonna come with Narkin in it now. It's, it's, he yeah. gonna. He got a fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Damn, what's that company name? Philip Morris. He gonna Philip Morris the shit out of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, too, because you know he's connected to, uh, what's her name? Chris Jenner. So it's like, this is all about to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, oh, we're so sad. You, you drag Kylie Jenner out with her fake lips and her, she, she probably don't have real tears because she got fake eyes and whatever. But the fuck Travis. else you got? Travis's therapy sessions on right. on on Bravo. <laughs> you get the bonus footage uh, if you got the premium package. Uh, so yeah, it's just gonna be all of that shit, and it's like, oh man, this never stops. That uh, Kanye and Kim's divorce and dinner with Pete Davidson, it'll all be front and center for the oh, next God. season of Keep It Up with the Kardashians, but. I think that's about all from us, man. Let's get the hell off here. You can say uh where, where they can find you at if you got any shows uh, yeah, coming up they get, stuff. Yeah, find me on uh, Instagram, Ibrahim Khalif, I-B-R-A-H-I-M-K-H-A-L-I-F, uh, Ibrahim Khalif 83 on Twitter. Stream the, continue to stream the comedy album, Placebo, on all streaming platforms. Um, I'm being uh, New Haven, Connecticut, next Friday with uh, Ishmael Gaynor, Alex Babbitt. Hey, uh, oh. Doing a few minutes on there. So, yeah, just come out. Uh, it's a place called Jazzy Cabaret. So okay, that's out. what's up. And uh, for myself, let's see here. I think I got the uh, New York Comedy Club next Sunday and the comic strip the Sunday after. So, 
yeah, look for me there and whatever. Find me, you know, anywhere that I post during the week randomly uh, at I Am Phil Hunt on all social media. Uh, thanks for listening. You. Later.